Welcome to GE Vital Voices, where we help move the conversation and solutions forward. GE Healthcare is focused on precision health. Doctors, nurses and clinicians are often under-resourced and overburdened. And COVID-19 has brought this front and centre. Solving the industry's productivity challenges by improving access, enabling more precise patient diagnosis and treatment, shortening hospital stays and wait times, and lowering overall costs is more pressing now than ever. GE Healthcare is about delivering on the future of healthcare by enabling precision health, integrated, efficient, and highly personalized care. Welcome to another episode of GE Vital Voices with me, Anna Schutz. This is the podcast where we look at the issues really affecting healthcare professionals and anybody who is interested in public and private healthcare across the Middle East and Africa. Let's have a conversation about everything that's vital to you. Now, when you're expecting a baby, usually you cannot wait to meet the little one. But that doesn't mean that you want them to come early. And yet, around 1 in 10 newborns globally are born before the 37th week of pregnancy. And complications linked to preterm births are unfortunately the leading cause of death for children under five years of age. And in fact, it seems that these kinds of high-risk births are increasing. So it is crucial that healthcare professionals know as much as they can about this precious and vulnerable group of patients. It is World Prem Day on the 17th of November, so we have dedicated this episode of the show to some of the issues in caring for these tiny patients. To discuss this with me, I have somebody who is very much in this world, has met many a early comer in terms of babies. Her name is Indy Jandamera and she is a premature baby parent educator and the author of several books. And she's joining us from Istanbul, Turkey today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for interest. So, Indy, you personally got into this through a very harrowing, but in the end, it was a good experience, I would hope. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this world? Definitely, sure. Uh, I'm a premature baby mom, and I faced an unexpected, very early birth during my vacation to the USA. Uh, I was planning a one-week vacation, uh, whereas my pregnancy was that risky pregnancy. I even got uh, a confirmation from my doctor that I can't travel because it was a very early stage of uh, pregnancy. And once we arrived in, in the US to see our friends, a few couple of days later, I had some uh, stomach issues. I was thinking it's about the different uh, eat thing, things I, I got there, but it wasn't. Uh, it turned out that my pregnancy was without any reason without any risky situation was going to end. Our son uh, was very impatient. He decided to come to the world in our vacation while we were in USA. He was born 24 weeks, which means five and a half months. So it means four months early, actually, very early, very micro 
premature. We have to stay for four months in the U.S. until he complete, was going to complete the stay in the mom's womb. And so when we were traveling, it was May. When we were out of the hospital, was it was September. And then we came back to our house, to Turkey. So our journey started really very harrowing, as you mentioned. But uh, thanks God, now he's fine. He's 15 years old tall and healthy and very happy boy. <laughs> so when we talk about premature baby parent education, you know exactly, at least from one aspect, what those parents and everybody in that situation might be going through because you yourself have been there. So for those of us who don't know what this kind of education is, though maybe we can guess, tell us more. Yes, sure. Uh, while I was uh, in the NICU in the USA, I got familiar with this professional. In our NICU, there were three parent educators, premature baby parent educators, who were guiding us through this whole journey. Uh, of course, at these days, I didn't know that I was going to be one of the practitioners of this uh, kind of profession, but I got, I got a huge help from them. They became my family. Actually, their aim is to be a, a bridge between the healthcare professionals and the families and the babies. Because when you are a, a parent in the NICU, it is so scary. You don't know. It's a different world. There are cables. There is your baby. And you don't know what even they are talking about. You know maybe the, the language, but it is a different world and up to then you didn't even know that such micro babies are really holding on to life and they are you know uh, doing well because it's such a big confidence loss for the mom to give early birth you are uh, uh, addressing yourself Should I, shouldn't I do this shouldn't I have done this I have must be doing something wrong so um, the parent educators, which helped me in my situation, uh, they are really guiding you what you as a parent can do because you have a role there. You can do a lot of things for the baby and for yourself, for, of course. So um, I benefited very much from their help over there um, and they were really a holding hand to me because this Studies showed in these situations, moms don't uh, prefer to ha get help from some psychologists. They prefer to get some help from the moms who went through the steps. And the parent educators in my uh, hospital were all premature baby moms. And then they become a parent educator after a certain kind of uh, training. Long story short, once John, my son, turned four, I decided to write my first book, which is about my experience in the NICU as a NICU mom. I can show the cover of the book. This is him. This is John he's, he originally. And this is the finger of his nurse, NICU nurse, actually. The aim of my first book was to give hope to the premature baby parents and to say there is a life end of the tunnel just believe in your kids believe in yourself believe in your baby believe in the healthcare professionals so that was this was my first book about my emotional roller coaster right in the NICU uh, it is called John was born 670 grams it says um, holding on to life with 670 grams 
Hayat means life, holding on to life. And this is his hand holding on his nurse's finger. And this is representing holding on life with 670 grams. So for our listeners, the book is in Turkish. And the baby on the cover, as you can imagine, is tiny in comparison to the finger. So that's your first book. And so then you really got into becoming an educator. Yes. After completing this first books, I recognized this is my own experience. But since I had the help of the premature baby educators in US, I connected them and I wanted to um, help in Turkey, the families more globally, meaning not only my experience, just to help them in terms of education and in terms of guiding them through this uh, difficult journey. So um, then I uh, came up uh, with a, a certificate program, which was uh, given by Minnesota University in US. And I attended to this certificate program. I became the first and only premature baby parent educator and consultant in in Turkey after completing this certificate. And uh, then I started to work voluntarily uh, with hospitals in Turkey, with university hospitals, and uh, with the families, of course, in the hospitals. But all the education uh, I got there, uh, apart from my experience, personal experience, I started to work with families, and I felt really uh, good to work with them, because it is so nice to hold somebody's hand and say, you know, these days will go over and look, my son has done it so every baby can do it. Uh, so um, as a thank you to the universe, to uh, God, that John is so healthy and everything went so well, I started to uh, give this uh, as a holding hand to other moms uh, because I know that fixing the emotion of the mom helps so much. Uh, the baby feels the mom, the baby gets milk through mom and there are really live cells in the milk. And so the psychological uh, approach and emotions of the mom are so, so important. Even by touching the baby, even by talking to the baby, the baby feels this strength and this faith that my mom, this is my mom's voice, this is my mom's touch. Even the belief uh, that the baby will recover uh, helps so much everybody in this field, even the health uh, care professionals. So I wrote my second book in 2017. Uh, this book is about the education program I attended in the US, about all the education I got as a premature baby educator. It is uh, 10 modules. And this guide is containing from zero to three years, a premature baby's development. And in this book, there are 25 uh, doctors, nurses, many, many other specialists' thoughts and uh, interviews made with them in order to guide the parents uh, to the first days in the NICU and then the coming days at home. That's wonderful. And you've really approached this from a lot of different areas. Before we continue to other aspects of this, especially those that might be interesting to healthcare workers, Tell me a little bit more practically what kind of support you're offering. How does it look for you to be there for those mums and I'm sure also dads to help them believe all of this, to understand what's happening to their baby and, and to go through that process well? What do you do exactly? 
Actually, I can divide it in two uh, main streams. The first is the medical issues. The parents mainly trying to focus on the medical performance of the baby. If the healthcare specialist is, for instance, saying something like his blood is like this, his oxygen level, all these has to be of course, verbalized from the perspective of the healthcare uh, professionals. But this sounds for a parent really very weird. When you hear that your baby's brain is bleeding, you cannot cope with this. So what I'm firstly trying to uh, make the parents understand is that these kind of um, health issues are normal. Because these babies are born early and the organs are going to become mature outside the womb. For this, uh, that's why it is normal. So the most question they are asking, is this normal? Is this normal? Is this normal? I'm trying to address them. Yes, this is normal. And don't focus on the health issues. The other aspect which I'm trying to guide them is about uh, their behavior and what they can do while the baby is in the NICU because they think they cannot do anything. They can do many things. They can connect to the baby. They can focus on their milk. They can focus on their emotion and they can have some stable touches on the baby, which are very therapeutic and they can do kangaroo care. Uh, So in the U.S., um, it is mainly common that they use uh, family-centered care which means the families are inside the NICU and uh, other than the health uh, care issues, they are taking care of the baby. They are changing their diapers. They're holding the milk candle. This helps the uh, parents to create a bond with the baby, a connection with the baby, and to normalize that everything what's going on in the NICU is normal. And once they are uh, really uh, becoming with this routine regularly, they face the baby, they touch the baby, they see the baby, they started to believe in the baby. And then they also started to believe in themselves that they can do something with the baby because the baby is feeling the mom or dad. Even, for instance, in in, in US, when we were in the NICU, they came up with the idea that we should record our voices on a small MP3, moms and dads, and we have to talk or read in Turkish some novels. And this was going to to be listened to John when he, whenever he was suitable for it. What is in the program? I'm trying to make the parents understand that your voice, energy level is really affecting positively the baby. So there are many things what the parents actually can do while the baby is in the uh, NICU. And this is a part of even supporting the baby's health because the baby is not only uh, something where you give medicine and do all the medicines. They are small humans, I say. They feel the love of the uh, parents. As I mentioned, the mom feels really guilty about this uh, early birth. So when the mom and dad started to feel, I am uh, functional here, I do something good for my baby, and the baby feels this, and really it's uh, also trackable from the uh, vitals of the baby. Kangaroo care is something like this established. They put the baby on the mom's chest and even the baby's all clinical vitals became better. So whenever the family starts to know about these details, it helps. So they are also starting to question less about health. I'm always saying to them, uh, be the baby's mom and dad. You are not the baby's nurse. You are not the baby's doctor. You are not going to give some medicine care to the baby. You have to give your love 
your faith, your belief in the baby. And there are some instruments in the NICU which can be applied uh, in that terms. And of course, the third part is the home part. This baby will come home in a while, but it will. So please start to get ready because premature baby care at home is not very easy. They have some different little patterns which we need to understand. They have different patterns of crying, different patterns of sleeping, different patterns of nutritioning even. And then, of course, developmental problems they may face. So there are some steps which the families can prevent when they have the right knowledge about it. And when the baby is at home, they have no time to read or to search. And sometimes they're they're becoming too too late for some steps and then they starting to say my baby is one years old but he she is not walking uh, but there are many previously steps developmental steps which should be done applied some uh, practices at home but uh, in all overall it is a, a very intense world where the parents need to be educated because my belief is it was with John like this how much the parent is educated about prematurity uh, reality, it helps the baby's growth and development. It's totally in line with the level of parents' knowledge. Uh, There's a wording in Turkish, we say, in which direction the parent is looking, the baby is elevated to that direction. It is also not about only knowledge, how you do things, how we give you love, and of course, knowledge. It's both combined. So the knowledge, the stage of uh, emotion of the parent is much affected of the future of the premature baby. This This is all my aim in this, to guide the parents through, because the baby is fighting. The baby is a fighter. The baby does it best. The other case, the parents need also to do it best. It's so wonderful how the parents are involved in this because of course they are crucial in this but I can also imagine that for a lot of healthcare workers it is a bit different to have um, the loved ones of a patient be such a presence and want to know so much etc. So tell me a little bit about the healthcare worker side. How do you work with them But also, more importantly, what should healthcare workers perhaps be more aware of? This is where my heart is beating right now because I'm working with parents since nine years. And uh, the couple of last three years since the pandemic crisis arrived, uh, I focus more on the healthcare workers, mainly on the nurses' side, because they have really a, a big burnout effect, even the pandemic. And also they are uh, doing really a very hard work, not only physically, also mentally. These tiny babies, they are trying to to support and uh, it is sometimes you do your best as a nurse and you just look somewhere else and then the baby is in a very critical situation and sometimes you lose it and on the other hand side you feel responsible to the parents because the parents is looking in the nurse's eyes for some hope about 
its baby. So it is a very stressful thing for nurses. So I worked for the last three years about this emotional effect on the nurses and how we can motivate them and how we also can uh, make uh, the nurses feel empathy to the parents uh, because in, in some countries like Turkey, we have very young nurses working and I'm trying to make them sure that it is such, such an important thing to become a NICU nurse. The tiniest, little detail which you may oversee helps the baby's whole life. Uh, when the nurse is recognizing something very tiny on the baby, even a color change, even a swallowing something, and is reporting this to the doctor, it may uh, prevent many, many big issues I don't want to mention all these bad possibilities, uh, but uh, it is very important role to be a NICU nurse in many ways. It is, from my perspective, they are NICU nurses and the other nurses, I, I, I telling it like this. Uh, they are really uh, dealing on a very tiny edge of health and death. It is so, so, so a risky level. And when you are a nurse, for instance, for adults, or humans who can speak, you can follow up by verbally contact to them. But with babies, it's not the case. You have to see, feel uh, what's going on with the baby. It's not only about seeing, it's also uh, loving and feeling the baby's needs. So uh, this is work really uh, an area uh, where I'm trying to do my best to motivate the nurses, to make them feel as the heroes, they are heroes. So I'm uh, making some motivation um, workshops with them. Uh, and then I'm uh, trying to uh, show them how what the premature parents that they see as a nurse, because they don't see a nurse, they see something else in their eyes. So that's why I'm trying to establish the bridge on both sides, not only from the parents' side to the healthcare workers, also from the healthcare workers' side to the parents' side. I'm trying to make the connection and building the empathy bridges between both sides. Mm. I am wondering, of course, premature babies have been around for a very long time. Has technology helped this process in any way so you mentioned using um, little recordings of the mom's voice yes uh, i definitely see this even in turkey it changed technology helped the baby definitely to monitor them better but all the incubators all the technology the monitoring level it is really increasing the health of the baby definitely uh, of course uh, when the technology is increasing the involvement of human is also needing bigger need as the touch of a human mom or nurse for sure. Uh, but thanks to the technology, the babies are connecting to the world, to life much more in higher ratio. So the baby death ratios are really decreasing. Uh, yes, technology is a big help. That's great news. 
The fact that you had this help and were able to have these parent educators in the US was clearly really impactful to you. But we know that you are the only one in Turkey. I'm sure there's many regions globally, including across Africa, many countries that may have never had a premature baby parent educator before. So tell us a bit more about what the field is like internationally. Is it a very big need? It is a big need. In the US, it is very developed. So every hospital has one, three, four, five. It depends on the capacity of the uh, incubators, uh, parents, premature baby educators. I know also that England is very well developed. Others, uh, European countries, it differs actually. Uh, but family centered care is also more known by the nurses so they are trying to replace the function of the parent educator the nurse is trying to guide the uh, parents uh, but for other countries as africa and middle east at least the awareness of such a, a important topic needs to be increased I'm sure, uh, because um, there is need, definitely big need. I see it from the families in Turkey. They appreciate so much this help. And I'm trying to be very active in social media. I have some uh, YouTube videos, more than hundreds video videos in my channel. And also in Instagram, I'm very active. I'm trying to host healthcare specialists there, moms there, in order to create a big uh, knowledge um, uh, atmosphere. So I see that from other countries, also people are starting to uh, watch my videos with subtitles so there is a big need actually i'm always saying like this babies are well protected and well cared in the incubators by health professionals but somebody needs to take care also for the parents and in this case it's in turkey myself but i hope it will be in a broader more uh, wide uh, perspective it definitely sounds like in this very vulnerable and important moment of both the baby and the parent's life that having somebody who can be there and just take care of them um, from an educated perspective I can only imagine mostly does very a large amount of good um, so thank yes. you for your work and I'm going to finish off with the one question I ask all of our guests which is to my listeners specifically the healthcare workers what do you want them to take away from the conversation you and I have had today? Mm, for the healthcare uh, specialists, what I would like to actually, sometimes there are some communication traffic jams, let's say, uh, misunderstandings, because as the parents are very vulnerable, as they are in a big difficult situation sometimes the, of course the healthcare specialist also has to tell the truth about healthcare issues they cannot hide it from the parent but sometimes they are also the healthcare professionals themselves they are also stuck in with this bad news okay and sometimes when they are communicating this to the parents the kind of communication misleads to misunderstandings which is mostly cause of the parents situation but sometimes it's also the way of saying uh, the way of delivering the message to the parents this would be my message actually uh, the healthcare educators should really reconsider you before speaking with the parents uh, before uh, giving advice about their baby situation how a parent feels when 
he she is hearing this news because sometimes so parents uh, healthcare specialists it's very normal it's a regular day to day issue uh, talking about illnesses and risks and so on but for parents it's not the case it's their most precious baby about uh, they are going to hear this information this news this would be my message and it's a very good message because even though we know that there's so much happening for healthcare workers we can all learn a little bit more empathy and to be reminded of what the other people in these situations are going through and how hard it might be for them Thank you so Definitely. much for joining me. It's been a wonderful conversation. And I've been talking to Intuchan Demir. She is a premature baby parent educator. And I hope all of us are more educated about that term now than we were coming into this conversation. She's the author of several books and has been speaking to us from Istanbul. My name is Elena Schutz, and you've been listening to the GE Vital Voices podcast. We release new episodes every month. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on LinkedIn and Instagram for GE Healthcare's Middle East and African region. And for more information on GE Healthcare, visit www.gehealthcare.com. Till next time. Healthcare has never been more accessible, intelligent or dynamic. It's also never been under more pressure. That's where GE Healthcare comes in. You and we, the clinicians and professionals on the front lines of delivering healthcare for your patients and communities. Also, those building the intelligent devices, data analytics, applications and services to enable you to do so more efficiently and with better outcomes. Together, we're at the center of an ecosystem striving for precision health.